on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. This is a time in a lifetime where a kid with an iPhone can take down a $10 billion business, you know, get out there. Like you said, it costs nothing. Sow the seeds, make the content, be authentic, post, talk from the heart. Like there's no barrier to entry. Like never again will we have this opportunity. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, everybody, Chaz Wolf gathering the kings and we're back. We've got Andrew Ettinger on the on the line here, bro. Thanks for gathering with us here at the Kings. No, stage. man, it's pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege. And yeah, I come on to your show anytime you want. <laughs> Dude, I love it. You're you're in Costa Rica right now. We were just kind of talking off off air. Uh, you're getting your little setup uh, uh, going over there, but dude, you're in Costa Rica, man. Well, just before we jump into the business stuff, tell us about Costa Rica for a half second, please. Dude, it's amazing. It's like uh, it's 85 to 95 degrees. The cost of living, not having to have Amazon packages come to my garage, you know, 20 times a day, which is total blowing consumption. And sure. um there's no left wing, right wing, conservative, non-conservative, let, right. you know, uh, right. anti-vax, vax. It's just per vita. And, you know, I can, I have an awesome team and they're all empowered and they, they're all well compensated and it's a culture that we created and we have a 30,000 square foot warehouse. And I know that if I do my thing from here, that the, my stuff, my shit's going to get done in yeah. Connecticut. Oh, I love it, man. I love just the perspective there. And and you get to live a life that uh, not many people do. So listen, my wife has a disease called endometriosis and one in 10 women have it, but it's not diagnosed and people don't know about it, but it's a, it's a feminine, you know, it's a women's disease and it causes, could she a stage four and there's no cure for it. It's, it's, it's chronic pain and Doctors don't understand it and employers don't understand it and husbands don't understand it. Right. And so, you know, people think that it's a fake and, um, you know, it was, we came down here for a week and she was in 60% less pain and wow. my son's allergies. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you read, if you read about it, 95% of the husbands leave the wives because wow. it's all about, you know, yeah. like yeah. physical and it took me three years to convince my wife, like, you know, because when they feel it, they feel like they're not good enough. And, you know, yeah. my wife's my queen. She's on my pedestal, you know, like, I love like she runs the roost. You know, I, I do my yeah. thing. I bring the, 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 the bread home and she nurtures me. She nurtures the kids. She puts my socks on when I'm like, you know, she like, I, I mean, I'd be nowhere without her behind every uh, good man is a great woman. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, it took me three years to convince her that, all that other stuff is just white noise. It's just yeah. not important. And, 
you know, so most women tr- almost push their husbands away at that point, but she couldn't get rid of me. If she, you know. <laughs> I love it. And so, so the move there has been uh, instrumental. It sounds like to you guys. Yeah. And it's, you know, listen, when you're 20 years old, you say to yourself, oh, I got 60 years left. You know, when you're 50 years old, you know, I'm turning 50 this year. You don't know if you got five years left or if you have 25 years left, you know, like yeah. I'm six foot five, 240, you know, um, I get to, I'm 50 minutes from the beach. I get to swim, you know, I go down for 15, 20 minutes. I swim, uh, I do my push, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to be that guy who has a rainmaker that work at these 18 hour days to come home and sell out his business and then not have a six and eight year old and then not be able yeah. to, you know, cherish the time with them, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's been life-changing, you know, it's a, a work-life balance. And if you don't have it, you know, it's just money's not everything, you know, if yeah. you're miserable and you're poor, you're going to be miserable when you're rich. That's right. There's so many other factors into life. I love how uh, you, first off, you called your wife a queen. Uh, we're on the same page there. And just the other pieces to life. Some people call it life balance. Some people call it just like the language that you use in gathering the Kings is obviously at the King stage. You just realize there's more than just the battle. Like there's so many other things happening inside the kingdom, or in this case, just life, you know, like the things that you desire, the things that you want, things with the kids and, and they all work together or they don't um, to your point. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that we can find happiness in, in, in getting those things together. So I'm super kind of create a bubble, you know, like right around me, like of what, like, you know, my wife, my kids, my, my mother-in-law, you know, and I surround myself with the bubble and it's like that. I don't give a crap factor afterwards right. that like, you know, like nobody, nobody can yell at me, but my wife, you know, and nobody can make me feel bad, but my kids and people don't have the right, right to crap on other people and everybody's equal and everybody's problems are relative and, you know, no one's better than anybody else. And people say, I don't have time to call you or, you know, those are excuses. You know, there's no room in the world for excuses. They're decisions, good ones, bad ones. You I know? love it. So, I love it. Yep. You're leading, you're leading us right into the show here, my brother. Yeah. (laughs) Good and bad decisions. No, it's good. It's good. I think that every entrepreneur listening right now desires at least some level of what you've said, because in essence, I mean, you obviously you're a king in the business. Otherwise I wouldn't have you on the show, but I want to know what type of business you're in here in a second, but what you're, what you're giving to us here already before we even really know you is man, what, what the picture of what it could be, you know? And I think that a lot of people it should be, we have to be, wait, it should be love that. Love I mean, that. we're all connected, you know, it's in, in one way or the other, whether we realize it like by one degree of separation or two degrees or three degrees. I mean, you look at the war and you look at what's happening in Russia and you know, it's like, yeah. it's just all that stuff. is just, it all combines to affect all of our lives. So, you know, it's just easier to just get along or be indifferent. There's no room for hate. That's right. I love that. Okay. So uh, tell us, what kind of business that you have, Andrew? So I don't have a direct mail company. I have a direct mail consulting company. Okay. So um, very important to us is getting to know our client, no sales pitch, our conversation. We're interviewing our client just as much as they're interviewing us. We give exclusivity. We have a model. It's, you know, prospecting, it's retention, it's doing radius mailers, mailers around installs because, Neighborhoods are built at the same time. So there's a good likelihood that if someone's having a problem that their neighbors are, you see, they, they've seen your chalk, they see your yard sign, and then they get this piece of mail that says, we just did a job in your neighborhood. 
So, um, and then thank you cards. Um, and then there's the, you know, yard signs and all the other, you know, stuff that just comes along with it. But, sure. you know, I'd rather we, I won't take a one-time customer who wants to do 50,000 pieces or a hundred thousand pieces. I want to go deep, not wide. It's all data and analytically based, you know, I'm going to find out what your capacity is. I'm going to find out what your revenues are. I'm going to find out what percentage of your advertising you're spending. Um, it's not going to be an arbitrary sales call. We we know what percentage that you should be putting into layers and you should be doing layers. And anybody who comes to you and tells you you're not, um, we try and educate about attribution. And, you know, there really is no way for someone to to give attribution because it's all going digital, you know, I'm not buying a pizza if it's not four stars or less. So if you're trying to sell me a a roof or, you know, an air conditioning unit and you're not 4.5 stars, you know, I'm not, I'm not buying from you. And then I'm clicking on that little Google button. So we initially would ask for a two-year customer list and you send it to us and we'll plot it out in a 3d heat map and we'll show you everything you don't know that you don't know about your business. Um, Love that. We'll show you where your clients are coming from, um, the saturation areas. We'll append data. We'll find out the income levels and the home values that your clients are coming from. And then we can take that information and we can find those people either in a radius of your, of your business or in certain zip codes or where you're doing the most business um, and then we give it all to you and it's, there's no commitment. If you, yeah. if at the end of the day, you don't like what we have to say, we, we typically don't even talk about price or, you know, anything like that until we're done with the thing. And someone says, okay, send me a proposal, you know? Right. So, yep. yep. I love that. Um, no upsells, graphics are in charges. Um, every three months, we do what's called matchback reports. So we want complete transparency. We mail 250 million pieces a year. We mail for brands like Planet Fitness and True Green and Terminex and Buff City Soap. And right. um, But we really concentrate on the individual business owner, the, the blue collar guy. So every three months, we're going to match back every sale that you've done to whether the person received mail, what type of mail they received when they received the mail, how many new customers they got, what their cost per customer was, what they did in total revenue, what they did in total revenue on their existing clients. And then we do A-B testing where you have the same controls and we just, we find the same demos in the same areas and we just mail to every other route. And then at the end of six months, you know, you mail six, you know, we always say do something that you can, go to sleep at night willing to do this for six months. Cause if you, you know, like that's yeah. en- enough to turn the needle, but not enough to cause you to lose sleep. Yeah. And at the end of six months, if I show you that you spend $30,000 in a and B has the same controls, you're doing Angie's list, pay-per-click radio, television, and both of them. If that 30 grand doesn't show you a 250,000, $300,000 net lift, then fire me. Right. Um, yep. But it's not, it, you know, you don't never know what part of the funnel yeah. people react to. So I think that that piece right there is where really where you and I connected so much off air, you know, when we first met was just that your perspective on marketing, which I think that so many business owners can't quite get there because it's like, um, I think dollar in dollar out, which is there's a role for that. There's a play for that. There's a time for that. But that's not really what building a brand or building a big business is about. And so for the guys that are listening right now, they're six figures. They're trying to get to that seven-figure mark. 
And some of what they're doing, like you said, maybe it's a lead service or maybe they're they're doing the the digital pieces that they can track. Like I got an actual lead. I got an actual sale from this. All those are fine. But what you're talking about is saturating. What you're talking about is being everywhere, being omnipresent, being known, right? So retention, listen, you want to go pay-per-click, you want to do that stuff, that's fine. But it's gambling, you know, like I got a $49 call. I got a, you know, they all want the install, but when they don't get the install, they just go and they buy more leads. But if you took all those service calls and you just mail for $5 a year, you held on to that client. That client's worth 55 grand over five years, you know? It's retention. It's a, it's a people who have Get them a come back to your list of active clients of five, 10,000 people that are active. Right. That, that's 75% of your business comes from your existing clients. So, you know, especially in the, we're going into recession and we're going into, you know, or uncertain times, like, yeah, this is when you got to step up. This is when you got to really, you know, be a brand and have your clients know who you are. Because your other choices are to maybe change your game plan and, you know, become a a discount. But then you lose brand identity, you know, like who are you at the end of the day in two years, you know? Yep. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I just think that what you're doing in the market, as far as your service goes, is really practical. But from like a mindset perspective for entrepreneurs is that I have to get past. It doesn't mean you get rid of the the instant gratification in marketing, the the digital, the whatever, like there's multiple angles to, to grow your business. What I think the mindset here that Andrew is so good at is you have to be able at the same time to hold on to all the things that you're gathering. And so whether it's lead services or pay-per-click, whatever, you're gathering all these things in the boat, but then your boat has all these holes. And, um, and he's just thinking long-term, how are you going to be around in two years, five years? Are you a sports fan? Of course, play basketball for 20 years. Right. So, okay, if you're the Phoenix Suns and you have the chance to, well, uh, let me use baseball because it's easier for me. If you're if you're general manager of the New York Yankees and you have the chance to trade, you know, you're at the deadline and you're a fringe team and you have the chance to trade away, you know, Volpe and, you know, um, Wattinger and what, you know, and Lazinga, you know, if you're, if you have the chance to trade away five of your prospects for, a superstar that probably is still going to leave holes in your team. You're going to do it because if you're a lame duck manager, you're not going to be back the next year to see all these rising stars come up. So there's so much pressure on CMOs these days to produce instant gratification. Yeah. They're not even given the, the, the leash to build the brand. I mean, look at Terminex and true green. And I mean, when you, when you go to Walmart, you you buy Vaseline, right? Like you know, if you need, it's not Vaseline; it's petroleum jelly. You know right. what I'm saying? It's right. Like that's what you want to be. Like even in a small pond, you know, and that's where you can be most efficient, have the highest margins. You know, who wants right. to drive seventy miles out for a lead right now when you second see four people? You know, yeah. in one day, and now you can only see you know one person. Yeah. So it's. Uh, it's one of the few things left that really lets you build a brand that you can attack the bigger competitors and where they're weak. Yeah. You know, like you're not going to beat them on TV. You're not going to beat them on Facebook. You're not going to beat them on Instagram. You're not going to beat them on pay-per-click. You're, right. you're not prepared for that with the private equities and everything like that, you know? Right. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Big dollars you're going up against in those, in those arenas. 
Um, okay. So from your perspective, obviously you've built an extremely successful business. So I want to know about things that you've decided to do or not to do inside of yours. But I also think you've got a, an amazing perspective because you've worked with so many entrepreneurs in their businesses from a marketing perspective. Totally feel free as I'm asking some of these questions to give us some of the perspective that you've seen in their businesses also. And before I jump into like maybe good or bad decision, tell us how you got started in business. Like, how did you become an entrepreneur? Okay, so this is actually my first business that I've actually owned on my own. I was a senior vice president of Morgan Stanley in 2000. I got paid like a million dollars to switch over from Prudential, you know, um, securities. I thought I was a genius, you know, yeah. everything I picked went up, you know, I was killing it. I was, I was doing enough drugs to kill a horse. Um, I was dating all the wrong women, you know, like nobody, you know, honestly, until I met my wife, I've never had anyone love me, you know, like literally just love me, you know, unconditionally. And, uh, the, the market crashed in 2001 and, I lost all my money, but I lost all family and friends money at $150 million under management. And I was literally on the, on the street, you know, um, I, I, I hung around for like two years in New York city. Um, my best friend, Joe, I mean, thank he's not my partner, but like, like without him, you know, like he gave me enough support. And then he cut me off and he said, you know, I said, Joe, I'm done. I'm, I've fixed my life. And he's like, F you, I, I'm the one you fixed your life. You don't, you can't tell me when you fixed your life. And I got up and I moved to Connecticut and my soon to be ex partner put me up on his couch for seven years. Wow. And I was making $10 an hour, $15 an hour, $20 an hour and paying people back and not spending a dime. And right. it wasn't debt that was credit card. Um, in 2010, my mom passed away and, you know, it's like, I lived with regret for so many, so many years. Cause she never got this, you know, I was always a good person, but when, when I made this money and I was doing, I, I thought I was an asshole, yeah. you know? And she, you know, when she died in 2010, I took three months off of work and, you know, from the minute she got diagnosed, like she basically was homebound and wow. stayed home. And I did things that, you know, no son would ever want. I mean, I was, think about I was yeah. there to do it, but yeah. you know, um, it yeah. was, but she never got to see me get married and she never got to see me have kids and she never got to see me become successful, you know? And right. I lived with such regret until I got married and we had kids and I looked at my wife and man, I think I'm a good father, but this, and my wife slams it, you know, like she nurtures <laughs> and she gets up and, you know, like yeah, she, she, does she her thing. takes care of every like thing. And I realized then like any mother would give their life like that. Yeah. My wife, my mom left me $200,000 and it allowed me to buy a starter house, which allowed me to get off this person's couch, which allowed me to date people, which allowed me to get into shape. You know, I, I, I went to the gym for four hours a day, you know, for, six months and I got ripped and wow. I, I went and I went on 400 first dates and wow. I, it was just, it was like a game of cards. And I just, I didn't want to go on a second date. I, I wanted to just find the person. Right. And I had this one person who was in Staten Island. She's like a three hour drive, you know? So how do you date her? And she just kept going to the bottom of the list, the bottom of the list. And I, finally I met up with her and we moved in together. 
You knew. And, uh, you know, like the greatest thing that ever happened. And, you know, as I slowly, you know, turned our company from a million dollar company into a $10 million company, uh, falling out with my partner and it happens. And, you know, there's a lot of resentment, but I still, I don't forget where I came from. And I don't forget that I slept on his couch for seven years. And right. so as much as I think that like, I got the raw end of the stick, I still appreciate, you know, like that. Yeah everything's cause and effect, right? You know, it's a game of inches. So him pushing me out of the business and me losing my 25% pushed me into opening the best postcards in 2019. And I was supposed to be a partner, but I wasn't on the book. So I I went to the bank and they're like, oh, well, you have $20,000 a month deposits every month, but you don't have a K1, you don't have a 1099, you don't have a W2. Right. So I put my house up, I borrowed money at three points and 13%. And wow. I looked at my wife and I was like, we could lose everything. And she's like, I have all the faith in the world in you. She's like, you know, whatever wow. you do, you'll be the top guy. And, you know, you'll always know how to talk. And uh, <laughs> even though I have marbles in my mouth and she's like, go do it. And yeah. I did it. And we went right into the pandemic. I remember on March 10th, I gave away $10,000 bonuses to, we had 16 people working at the company at the time. And then two days later, the pandemic hit. Yeah. Throughout the pandemic, we grew our business by 20% month over month to wow. the state. So it's been like 20 some odd months of 20% growth. And it's, it's been absolutely phenomenal. We have 46 employees um, and we don't hire dicks. We don't work with dicks. <laughs> Uh, you know, like you're better. You is that, is that on the wall somewhere at the office? Is that on the wall somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's all over the place. And it's like, you know, it's where we're, there's no commissions, you know, it's all in, everybody's all in. We're not a nine to five shop. We have more experience in these industries than anybody else. You know, we have ambassadors that, you know, are available 24 seven, like we're at the top of the field. So, take calls and do zoom meetings. We offer marketing. We create an ecosystem. Yeah. And this year, you know, our average uh, raise was 40% and we gave out $550,000 in bonuses. Um, so when we say that there's no uh, commissions, it's because I get all the leads, you yeah. know, they're all, everything's inbound you know, yeah. and they're all 85% qualified and they're, they're all into the program and we pre-qualify because we're going to be your partner. We're going to give you exclusivity right. and, and the only, you know, when we're national wholesalers. So the only way I can make money is if you let me participate in your business, if you want to call the shots and, and, and hand me everything, not that I'm close minded to it, but you can't hold me accountable for it. Right. You know, and we have a model that works and we have a 95% retention ratio um, of clients who run off contract that run in perpetuity every month right? and Love that. are killing it. So Love that. Okay. Well, um, let's dive into some of your history here. You've given us, you've set the stage as an, an incredible authority, not only in marketing, but in business and, uh, and also might I add uh, family. Uh, so thank you for that as well. But and I'm handsome. And you're, I mean, bro, uh, this has I mean, been, this I'm has bald, been, yeah. <laughs> but I'm handsome. Got the, I'm, but got I'm married, Costa- so who cares? Who cares? You got the Costa Rica hat. I love it. Okay, so Andrew, give me give me an example of a bad decision that you made along the way that these guys that are listening right now, guys or gals, 
that can relate to that you can keep them from making the same mistake? So I would say it was at my past company where I was a technically 25% owner. I didn't understand leadership. I didn't understand that, you know, how much culture meant and, and what discipline means like, you know, um, in running a business and, you know, it's like I said, there's no excuses. It's, it's, it's top bottom approach as to running a business. And if I don't set the example and, and I don't do things that I'm asking people to do, then nobody's going to do that for me. And looking to be a blame master and, and, and say, this doesn't work because of this, this doesn't work because of this. I have people who do $3 million in business and make a million dollars. And I have people who do $15 million and do two, make $200,000. Right. Revenue means nothing. It means, yep. you know, it's, it's so, so true. Okay. So, so the culture piece there, building a team, um, being a good respecting people, like understanding good. that, like I am no better than yeah. anyone else in this world. And nobody is any better than me. You know, I don't get awestruck from being a star. Like you remember yeah. the Bronx tale uh, when De Niro says to his son, he's like, you know, about the Yankees. And he's like, trust me, Mickey Mantle don't care about your family, you know? And it's like, right. It, it, it makes a big difference, especially when you're talking about, you know, the, the difference of whether someone stays with you or not can be potentially the difference of whether a client stays with you or not, because it's the same concept of building something that someone wants to be a part of. And if you think that you're the stuff, it's funny, I was just on, I was guesting on a podcast uh, just a couple of hours ago. And we were talking about this exact same thing. It's like, as the owner, if you think that you're it, then that's the bottleneck. It's the, that's the pinch. But I have five heads of my departments. Like I have a production head, I have a graphic head, I have an account manager head and they come to me, but they're empowered to make the decisions. Yeah. You know, like how can I make decisions on things? You know, I want to be around people who are smarter than me, you know, like, so, you know, obviously they want my blessing or whatever, but sure. You know, someone tells me we need this, we need that. We need to buy this printer. We need to buy this folder. We need to buy this. Like that's, there's a reason why they're in that position. And if you lose that head of the department, you probably lose the five people underneath them too, because when they find greener pastures, they're going to go and say, Hey, Come over, come over, come over. Yeah. We have we lost one person. We we have forty six people. We've lost one person, and I told him to leave. He was a twenty five year old kid who who yeah. wanted to spread his wings. And I'm like, dude, you got to go do it. You gotta know, go. like you know, <laughs> yeah. like why should you be stuck working for me when you have the chance to spread your wings? You know, yeah. you yeah. want to come back in two years. The doors always open. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's an open handed uh, scenario too. I've had that. You know, where where someone's outgrown their role and there isn't another role. And, and so it's like, man, I was able to partner with that person for that period of time, develop skill sets in them, lead them in a certain way and prepare them for their next opportunity. And it, it pains you in that moment to let, especially if they're a good uh, team member, but if the next step for them is outside of your organization, then, then that's okay. And you prepared them, you know, for that. And that's just being human. Like you talked about. I don't want them to be a competitor of mine, sure, but the thing is what I do want to do is I want to sit down with them and I want to find out, I want to know the story. You know what I'm saying? Because I just want to make sure that it's something that I haven't done because I need to grow as a businessman every day. You know, there's no, it's like being a parent. There's no, there's no playbook. You know, I have people who tell me like, I'm like, do you you put yard signs out? And they're like, no, I don't put yard signs out. We're lazy. I'm like, you just did a $20,000 job 
the guy's driving out and you're telling me the guy can't put a, a yard sign. I mean, a yard right. sign's worth 1.7 clients all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's your fault. Go look in the mirror, look at yourself yep. straight in the face and say, this is my fault. You know, like, totally. I think uh, even just that right, right there, like that one little piece here, you know, we, we obviously service all kinds of entrepreneurs, but whether it's a person in the trades who's listening to that one tactic, or it's someone else who's not in the trades that they, they know that one thing that could be a follow-up email. Right. And I don't know. Thank you gift. Whatever. It's a great point. It's It's still super applicable. Right. And I talk about it in the trades because it's like a fallback for me, but I mean it for the guy who's running a smoothie king, you know, if, if, if if I got to wait 15 minutes to get a shake, I'm walking out the door, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yep. So yeah, there's all those little pieces that you do to your point of client retention and then being let that be the springboard to the next person. Um, mm-hmm. And so the trades person that hears you say yards, yard signs, like, oh, you know, like it's just one more thing or blah, blah, blah. But right after that, you said it's worth 1.7 clients. You go, well, do you just do the math on that? <laughs> Seems pretty yeah, easy I to have me. I this client, his, uh, his name's Lou Baika, and he's a mentor and he's, he's in this home service business. And I love him to death and I'm scared of, I'm scared shitless of him as well. Um, <laughs> just because he's like a father uh, sure. and he points things out to me when I do them wrong. Okay, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and, but he does it because he cares, you know, it's not doing it to lecture, but we have this system where we have these like um, PVC credit cards. They're made of 15 mil PVC. Okay. And when you're, when you're leaving a home, it says $50 referral. And on the back of it, it says, write your name on it. And if somebody calls and uses this card, we'll send you a check for $50. Yeah. Now, I've sold millions of these cards. You know, the, the, the tech puts his name on it or the whatever it is. Right. And when they get redeemed, the, the, you give a spiff, a $25 spiff. And he gets 50 to 60 of these back a month. That's 720 clients a year. Wow. And yet 80% of my clients who I sell them to Won't do it. it's just in their closet. You know what Crazy. I'm saying? And it's just, it's a discipline, you know, it's, yep. it's, you know, I, listen, I don't run my, my business perfectly. I still make mistakes. I don't, I don't follow up correctly or do I, you know, or do that drip or there's probably, probably 50% of my clients don't know half the products they offer, sure. you know, <laughs> uh, but you know, I strive to be better. Um, right. But, and, you know, I guess knowing that you know, I'm screwing up is uh, yeah. half That's, the battle. But. Yeah, half the battle, because then you can't you can't uh, adjust if you don't know the uh, the the area to adjust in. And so let's flip it over, flip the coin over to the good decision. What have you done along the way or what have you seen done in maybe someone else's business that was just profound, instrumental to your success? I read a Harvard Business article in 2019 when the pandemic hit. And my house is on the line and my largest client was Planet Fitness and they were all closed through the pandemic. And I literally had no business. And it said, empower, you know, you think of the micromanager in power, you can either hide or you can become the next brand. You know what I'm saying? And I went and I spent $1.5 million in advertising. I took all the trade magazines and I paid to have them polybagged and I put an outsert in them. Um, wow. And I did it every month and I paid for social media, not, not paying, but I paid for organic, you know, like sure. yeah. for people to help me build the network. And yeah. um, 
I, I started talking, but never selling a product, you know, just, just trying to give advice to people, you know, I don't think my product's the end all and if all, I think it's a layer and I think you need multiple layers and, right. you know, uh, Sometimes I vent on agencies or something. Oh, I'm going to get you an 8x return, you know, and give me 10 grand. Well, you know, what's eight, what's an 8x return if you're working on a 20% margin, you spend $1,000, you get $8,000 back, 20% of 8000 is 1600 you know, and then you have your overhead, you pay taxes. Like I rant on that because if you go to LinkedIn and you type in digital experts, 10600000 you know, <laughs> and there's no voice for my business. So maybe yeah, I give... Yeah. Some people, some agencies, a bad rap because there are some really good agencies out there. Of course. It's just really hard to find. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, you know, there's in my business, there's three cents profit, there's four cents profit. In digital and, and television, there's remnants and there's kickbacks and there's reasons yeah. to buy this and there's bots and there's, yeah. you know, all shit I don't understand. Like, so I could probably monetize my 1500 clients and sell them all this stuff, but I just want to stick in my corner. I want to stick in my lane. I want to do what I do great and be so passionate about it. And, and people feel my passion and they want to do business with me because, you know, like if you knew IBM was going to be taken over tomorrow at a thousand bucks, but you couldn't tell your client why, hundred percent. how many shares would you be able to sell? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've had the same thing happen in one of my businesses uh, that's actually associated to the podcast, the Gathering the Kings Mastermind. Like, and I love your podcast. You got, you, thank you, you, man. It, you know, I appreciate it, dude. I mean, to have a guy like you on the stage. Uh, means no, but everything. you make, you make, you make people feel comfortable and you, you get the best out of them. And you don't, you know, I listen to some of these podcasts and it's so monotone and it's so yeah. like, you know, this is this and this is this. And <laughs> who's, who the hell, you know, we've all been webinared and zoomed out and podcast right. out. Like, that's you right. know, like, gotta do something different. <laughs> just like I want to differentiate my business, you're differentiating yeah. your business. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. You're, Doing it differently, you know. I, I, I appreciate you know. that. We've got we've had a lot ton of a ton of response, um, and, and from listeners like you, or from, from guests like you, even saying, "Man, like you're you're doing really cool stuff." So I appreciate that, um, you know. And so for guys that come through um, that are looking for like business coaching, and it's like, man, although I although I could do that, that's not what a mastermind is, you know. And so to to your point, I just want to stay in the lane. I want to do what I do really really good, which is like level strategize and bring people together. And, and so I just think that what you're saying is so applicable to the person's business that they're listening to right now. They're in the trades, they're a marketing person, they're a franchise owner, they're whatever they are. Um, and they're trying to get to that, that next level in business. And I'm hearing you say, be passionate, number one. Number two, I'm hearing you say, love on your people, see them as people, build a culture of where you actually take care of people. I'm hearing you say, build a brand, which includes marketing in different angles, layering, um, being in places that maybe people aren't on a regular basis. And those things. Where is everybody right now? They're home. They're living home. Right. Exactly. You know, like own the mailbox, own the home. Yeah. It's funny because I I think I told you this when we talked originally, but one of the things that I've started to do for the show, which they just came in. And so maybe, maybe I need to hire your services to do this for me, but um, I just started mailing out like a save the date to people like you who are guests on my show. Yeah. And, and so like, I don't get anything necessarily from you for being on the show, but 
it's the relationship. Who knows where you and I go or what, who I meet through you or whatever. And so I want to foster those relationships and sending them something in the mail, bro. Nobody does it. Nobody does it. It's like, and it's a treat because you get a million, like name the last digital display ad that you saw that you didn't click on. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Name it. You can't, you can't, you can't, exactly. But you can name the five pieces of direct mail that came to your house today. Yeah, that's right. You know, 100%. it's like there's it's, there's it's, power. It's white noise. It's overload. It's you know. I'm. Yeah. It listen. It's a necessary evil. You got to do it, but have a plan in place to you know to yeah. retain and to you know not be so concerned with today's business. I mean, yes, I understand. We need today's yeah. business, but 100%. plant the seeds for tomorrow. Yeah, that that know? piece right there. If we cut the show right now and only did that thirty seconds right there, and that and that was all that you would be known for with the Gathering the Kings podcast, I think that in itself, that one sentence, makes up so much. It's the short sightedness in business, right? And some of it's due to cash flow. Some of it's due to like the fact that I just started this thing because I had to. Whatever the scenario is for the entrepreneur, but what you're talking about is absolutely huge. If you can not be, you want to be obsessed with today, right? You got to get today. You got to go get today's yeah. sales. You have to, but there's that secondary piece. That's like, man, if you can have patience, if you can understand as you build something, you're building something that's sustainable over the course of time. It's not just here and gone. You don't want here and gone. You don't want a million dollars today and then gone tomorrow. I believe in high impact piece in advertising, but there's a comp like in every, in every state, there's a monster home improvement company in Connecticut. It's this company called the Georgie. And, you know, whatever they are, a $30, $40 million company. Uh, but in the 90s and 2000, they were doing advertising. And the old man, this is in the 1886 company. Uh, I call him the old man with all due respect, you know, because I'm friends with the children. And, you know, sure. uh, but he just spent a million dollars in television. And I would laugh. I'd be like, oh, he's advertising for the entire industry. People get home. They're going to type in bath creations. or They're going to type in blah, 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 blah. And you know what? I have a shared mailer which just made sense for me in Connecticut, but it's a lower impact, but they, they do a page and they get 250 calls in 800,000 homes. And then the guy, Matt, Matt Smith does a page of 850,000 homes and he gets 17 calls. People want to do business with the Georgie. They want to do business with the company that's going to be around to fix that roof that, and yeah. you know, and they also get $30,000 for that roof instead of 23,000. Do you, do you know that you're 70% more likely to sell an existing client than you are an, a non-existent client, like yeah. a prospect? It's That's like, huge. Like you're not going up against anybody. They're taking your advice. They're your friends. They're like, yeah, you've already the made the that they want to do business with. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think that what you're doing in the marketplace on how to, how to help entrepreneurs exploit that, right. In a good way. Right. And not an exploit that isn't a bad way, but to further that relationship because actually as an entrepreneur, it's your duty. We talked about this right before we started the show. It's your duty as the entrepreneur to provide the service to your clients. And in this case, if you have something that they need that you, that you just need to tell them about because they've already done business with you, then it's your duty to let them know. Um, and so I love, I love the, um, so we gotta, and, and it's also like, I, you know, I'm plagiarizing this, you know, and I'm going to do a video with it, uh, my daughter later, but it's like, you know, offer someone like three products, offer them like, if I go and I offer my daughter Ritz crackers, she's going to look at them and she's going to be like, you know, and then if I offer an apple, but I push her a little bit and I say, come on, Karen, it's good for you. And so she'll take two bites and 
she'll throw it away. But then if I hand her a box of nerds, she's going to go, 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 go. So don't offer products that you want to sell. Offer products that people want to buy where cost doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you need to provide a solution to a problem and find out what people want instead of pushing something that you want, you know? Yeah. 100%. I mean, and so to translate that into marketing terms, just to make this super practical for the listener. Yeah. If, if I, if I do decks, for example, purposes, what you can help me do or what I should be able to do in my business, but you're just a tool I can use is to get in front of the people who want decks, right? So whether that's the specific type of home or a specific neighborhood or whatever that you can do through your analytics tells me this is where I can hone in my effort and even money. But here's the even better right? part. You do decks, but you're an exterior remodeler. So you're doing sure. roofs and you're doing gutters and you're doing siding. Right. So you get in the door and decks. And now your guys have the opportunity to sell roofing and siding and, right. and you all know, the other things. And now you have an opportunity to send them a quarterly mailer saying, you know, because it just doesn't work with you. You know, they trust you now. Like yeah. they're cross selling. And, you know, like we all think we're memorable but we're not like, you know, when your plumber comes to your house, like yeah. you don't remember. And that guy also does HVAC. And then you go to HVAC near me and you end up using another HVAC installer. Right. Does it make sense? Like just because you didn't keep up and you didn't, rem- you thought that that client that did plumbing with you. Right. Remember that you did HVAC, but they don't. Exactly. They don't, they don't, they barely even remember that you did the plumbing for them. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Okay, let's transition to the uh, the speed round here as we kind of wrap up. Let's Got a couple of questions here for you. We're going to go one word answers if possible. Yep. First question is this: If you could only pick one metric, you're big data guy. One one analytic metric. Net lift. Net lift, <sighs> meaning once they've applied your product, how much of a boost? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I'm like if my product doesn't show that boost, then they shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, and you wouldn't you wouldn't be in business. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, next question is, what book would you recommend that a six-figure owner read who's trying to get that seven-figure mark? So that's the one that, that took me hard. But honestly, I would just read Harvard Business uh, articles. I've learned so much go. from them. There's yeah. a great article right now. I'll send it to you afterwards about you know navigating through the recession, knowing who your clients are. There are four subsets of clients and knowing who, who your client is and which one you have to cater to. You know? Love it. Yeah. I, and I, I think reading education, it can come in all forms. So articles are, are huge. I love that. In fact, it's usually what I'm doing on my phone. My wife's like, what are you doing over there? It's like, I'm not scrolling. I'm reading. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? Always. You know, I don't believe that. Uh, I don't believe in emails. I don't believe in cold calls. I don't believe in reaching it. I don't think you own the client. I don't think you ever will own the client. I don't think you'll ever have the relationship. Every client of mine comes from a third-party endorsement or comes from a networking event. I don't do 500-show things. I, I, I work with groups that are small, concentrated groups that spend a lot of money to be with certain people. Sure. And I spend a lot of money to be you know, a sponsor and to get up on stage and just tell my story, you know, and... Um, it so it's all networking. It's never, n- none of my salespeople ever have to make an outbound call. Yep. I love so, that. Okay, good. And um, last question, which I think I kind of know what your answer will be, but um, I'll let you answer it. If you lost it all, Andrew, what would you do? Uh, I've lost it all before. So I would, I would just do something else. I mean, 
as long as I can talk, I can sell, I can, you know, like my wife said it to me and she, she, she was, she's what empowered it to me. It's like, you could lose it all. And I have no doubt that you'd be the top salesperson at any organization. As long as it's not tech, you know, <laughs> you'll be the top salesperson at any organization. Um, yeah. So like, I have no fear of losing it all. Cause I, you know, I, my biggest fear of losing it all is that it's not of losing it all. My biggest fear is that I'm going to get rich, but my, all my employees, you know, even if they make six figures, even if they make one fifty, two hundred thousand, you know, that they don't have enough financial education, which yeah, something where that we're, we're, our, the world is just lacking, you know, yep. the, the younger people. Um, yep. I'm just worried that, I didn't give them enough time. I couldn't sell my business if I wanted to. Like I could sell my business tomorrow for 20, 30 million. I, I couldn't do it because I didn't give my people enough time to make, you know, they make good money, but not enough time to make them rich and where would I yeah. leave them? So yeah, I'm stuck, you know, that's awesome, I want to, I want to retire in three years, have my CEO, my CFO become my CEO, be on the board of directors and go teach at a university marketing for, there for 10 hours a week and do sales for 25 hours a week, you know? I love it, man. I love the vision there. And you're so right. You're so right when it comes to those those uh, moments of um, just being able to see that that piece in front of you and being able to even take those steps now to, to get there. If these, so if these people didn't do what they did for me. There's no way I'd be where I am. Yeah. You know, 100%. like how well, and that, that's not, a, like a like, super practical way you can give back, right? Like knowing how to not only get them money, but then teaching them how to then build something for their family oh, yeah when i when i did when i looked at my 401k match you know like we match four percent we do profit sharing matching you know like someone who maxed out was getting 30 grand in their 401ks this year you know but uh i when i gave out bonuses this year i told them here you can have a twenty thousand dollar bonus or you can have a thirty thousand dollar bonus but if you did a thirty thousand dollar bonus you got to put ten thousand more into your 401k you know so i didn't yeah. you know I yeah. made them do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. Encouraging the right steps. That's huge, man. And, and, and something that a King has to pay attention to kind of coming back to the King language is that, you know, at the King stage, it's not just about you. It's about your team, about your family, about the community that you're in um, all of the other pieces that are around you that uh, you now have responsibility for. And so I love, I love that super practical thing that you're doing for your team. And, uh, and I'm sure that you're not done by any means at all with your influence. So Andrew, how can someone connect with you? Whether they want to they want to buy your services to to help their business grow, they want to just connect with you as an entrepreneur. How do they find you? Because what I what I want to do for the audience is anybody who 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 wants an analysis of their business, who who wants to look and find out who their customer is, um, reach out to us. Uh, you know, either Andrew at thebestpostcards.com, Ashley at thebestpostcards.com, sales at thebestpostcards.com. Go to our website, fill out a form, and we'd be happy to take your customer list, plot it out for you with a 3D heat map, get you on the phone with a data analyst, show you who your customer is, show you their 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 income levels, their home values, and sure. show you who you should be prospecting to, who you shouldn't be, not even whether it revolves around direct mail or not. And we'd be happy to do it for, for free. Yeah, so I love any, you know, anybody who, who wants to do it, we just want to, we want to help the business. And, you know, you know, you never know where your biggest client comes from. You know, when I was in the market, yep. a $40,000 client got me a $40 million client. So 
I love, I love that perspective. So just to make sure that that's super clear for the listener, if you want a free assessment, some free analytics for your business, um, I want you to check out the, the uh, email addresses and the website that'll be in the link below and connect with Andrew and his team. And he'll provide some an amazing, he's already provided amazing value here on the show, but he's going to continue the value um, and you get the, the benefit of just being a listener here. So dude, thank you so much uh, for being here. Thank you for giving of yourself. Thank you for doing all the things that you've done in business and past and all the things that you're going to do in the future. Um, it's an honor to know you and, uh, and Chaz, I just ask one favor, like, you know, we, we love to, um, we're building a library an educational library on our, on our website where people who excel at what they're doing and give different perspectives. If you will honor me and letting me do an interview with you and talk more about you on your end of course, of course. so that we can share that with our followers, you know, yep. yeah, um, it's huge. I, that would mean the world. Yeah, that's huge. And, I, and just and since we're still being recorded here, I want to just point this out to the listener. So first off, absolutely. Thank you. I'm honored. What just happened is the law of reciprocity, right? And so, you know, Andrew's given, I've given, we've given to each other. We want to continue to give to each other, give to his audience, my audience. And so I just want to encourage you as a listener to go out and give, uh, go, whether it be your time, whether it be your expertise. I want you just to press into the marketplace, whether it has a dollar sign attached to it or not. I want you to go and I want you to sow. I want you to sow good seeds into the marketplace because a good seeds always reap a good harvest. And so I just so appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. I I one last thing, and I know, I know I'm telling you, but you <laughs> hey, know, you, your wife I was love, right, man. You all, we got the one more thing. <laughs> I love Gary V or I used to love Gary V um, and I don't dislike him, but he's hard to follow a new different uh, way to do business every single day. But sure. Gary V is great at doing what Gary V does and that's bringing attention to himself but the one thing he said is, is this is a time in a lifetime where a kid with an iPhone can take down a $10 billion business, you know, get yeah. out there. Like you said, it costs nothing. Sow the seeds, make the content, be authentic, post, talk from the heart. Like there's no barrier to entry. Like never again will we have this opportunity. LinkedIn is by far the most incredible thing that I've ever seen in my life for a business owner. Like if you're a business owner and you're not on LinkedIn and taking advantage of it, you're, you're missing out on maybe a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah. yeah that's huge. Okay. Well, uh, we just so appreciate you. Wish you absolutely nothing but success in all that you do. Okay, buddy. Thank you, brother. Thanks for listening to gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.